0: Start the service. I like to call up my brother Isaiah. He has something that he would like to share with you guys. Yes, give a warm welcome as he comes up and shares with us. <coughs> so yeah, uh, I'm just gonna jump right into the Bible. <laughs> first John uh, one. Um, first John uh, one. This is a uh, disciple John talking. We proclaim to you the the one who is this from the beginning, who we have heard and seen. We we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is, is internal life. He was with the father and then he, he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fo- fellowship is with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. So right there, that was just um, this my own personal life, devotion life, and I was just studying in the Bible and this. I was just in this pastures and it was just revealed to me that we have the opportunity to have fellowship. Just as John, one of the disciples, had fellowship with uh, Jesus Christ. That he actually seen him and touched him and saw him heal heal people and just um you know you saw Jesus he followed Jesus so in my own personal life I just want to have fellowship with Jesus and be be one of his friends you know and just have a real relationship and I, I want to get to know him more and more and I don't want to settle you know I uh, I want to know Jesus in a whole new uh, a whole new uh, level so I encourage you guys just have get to know Jesus Christ you know it's uh, it's, it's full of joy it's amazing and um yeah, so, so I'm just going to pray out, so, and Jesus, God, I, I just thank you, Lord God, just for sending your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God, that we could have fellowship with you, Lord God, that we could, we could get to know you, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that we, today, Lord God, we just open our hearts and just hear your word tonight, today, Lord God, I pray for the word today, Lord God, that you just speak to us, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, people would pick today lord god to follow you lord god to get to know you better lord god to have a fe- uh, to fellowship with you lord god and to for you to speak back to us lord god in jesus name i pray amen
1: Order, who makes the orphans a son and daughter. The King of glory. The King of our king. Oh, who rules the nations with truth and justice. It shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory. The King of our day. Oh, this is amazing i hey. Come on, let's say that together. Who brings our chaos? Come on, declare. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the earth? the son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above our Hey, come on, who rules the nations? Say, hey, who rules the nations? brilliance, the King of glory, the King of all kings, this
2: is amazing,
1: this is a fighting love, that you would take my place, come on, that you would play. Come on, say, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Now, with your hands lifted, I want us to say, Worthy. Say, Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king. Come, Come on, sing it. Worthy. where I run, the fountain that I drink from. Oh, He is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life. Oh, He is my song. You are the. say that. You are something. is something about when we declare who he is in the midst of chaos and turmoil. Whoa. The reality is that politicians are going to let us down. Police officers are going to let us down. Brothers and sisters in Christ are going to let us down. But he's never going to let us down. Amen. And that's why the Bible says that he is good and his mercy endures forever for all generations. He's never changed. Amen. So the God you serve has been faithful to every generation before you, and He's going to continue being faithful to every generation after us, because He's good today. How many believe He's good? It don't matter what's happening. Place. Oh, we're going to prophesy over the city of Chicago today. Oh, I want to prophesy over Dallas today and Baton Rouge and Minnesota. We're going to speak to our nation today. Oh, and here's what we're going to say. All the earth will shout Your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will say, "Praise You, Lord!" Come on, say it. A voice of trial. Yeah, yeah, wow. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We magnify your name. Oh, Lift it right here. And we're just going to say this. Say, oh, the blood of Jesus. Come on, sing it. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Come on, we're going to plead the blood today.
2: Oh, the blood of Jesus.
1: I want you to say there's power in the blood there's power in the
2: blood of Jesus
1: come on sing it out
2: there's power
1: Say it. I'm thankful for the
2: blood of
1: Jesus. Oh, I'm thankful for the blood. Time say it washes. It washes white snow. Now, come on, somebody give them a shout for the blood.
3: covers your life and not only does it cover us it covers all the nations of the world and right now we want to lift up America in prayer we need the blood of Jesus in our land to bring healing to bring freedom to bring unity to bring peace aren't you so thankful that we get to worship our King and our Lord how powerful what a blessing what an honor that we can worship our King And it's time to bring this praise to our streets. It's time to bring this healing to our land. I want to ask Ashley Bolden and Ricky Rivera to come on up. I want to have them pray for the events that have happened this weekend. I know that a lot of our hearts are grieved. We're hurting. People are scared. But how many of you guys know that Jesus is the answer for our world today. And as a church, we must pray. And we must move in action to love God and to love people, to show the world righteousness. So if you guys come forward, when you grab the mic to pray, you can step onto the stage. Ricky, I want you to pray for our country. I want you to pray for the law enforcement, that healing would come, that the spirit of racism would be bound up in Jesus' name.
4: Amen, Lord, we come to you, Jesus, because you're our healer. Lord, you're our hope. Lord, we need you, God. Lord, we come to you, God, because you're the solution, oh God. You are the help. You're the peace that this nation needs, oh Lord. You bring unity, Lord. You bring peace. You bring joy, God. You make to life those things that are dead, oh Lord. You call things that are not, Lord, as though they were, Jesus. And so we come to you and we ask you to lift up, Lord. Love, oh God. Lift up peace. Lift up unity, oh God. Lift it up, oh God, in this nation, Lord. Bring back righteousness and justice. You said that righteousness would exalt a nation, oh Lord. We need that back, oh Lord. Lord, forgive us, oh God, for the things that we've done, for the violence, the hate, the corruption, oh God. But Lord, we need you, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Hear our prayers. Hear our cries, God. Don't leave us, oh, Lord. Don't leave us the way that we are. Come and intercede. Come, Lord, and mediate, God. We need you to intervene, oh, God, in this nation. We need you to intervene in the police department, in every community, oh, God, from African, Hispanics, oh, Lord, the the whites, Lord. We need you, God, to intervene and help us, God. Give us solution. Give us help. Give us wisdom, O oh Lord. We pray for those who are leading, O oh God, in charge, the mayors, the governors, the president, Lord, the police chiefs, O oh God, across the nation, Lord. That they would understand and realize, Lord, that they are empty. They are out of answers without you, God. They need to come to you, Jesus. Lord, convict them, O oh God. And I pray that eyes will start to turn towards you in the midst, oh God, of of, of the sadness, oh God, of the devastation. That eyes will turn towards you, God, that they'll realize that, Lord, they can't find the answers, oh God, anywhere else, oh Lord. Lord, let their eyes come to you, God, to receive wisdom, to receive grace, oh God, to receive the answers, oh Lord, that this nation needs, oh God, for reconciliation, oh Lord. Lord, help us, oh God. We are in desperate need, oh God. Pray that you would come, oh God, and help us intervene, oh God, during this time. In Jesus' name.
3: Hallelujah. Ashley, if you could please pray for the victims that lost their lives this week, that healing would be upon their families that are left to pick up the broken pieces. Also pray for repentance on our land, that they would open, that we would open up our hearts to God again, and for the church to arise and be strong and shine in these end times Hallelujah Lord
5: I pray for for those victims families God who lost their lives Lord only you know their pain God only you know what they're going through I pray that you would be with them Lord God I pray that you would comfort them like only you can Lord God I pray, Father God, that during this rough time, God, that they would find comfort in you, that they would find peace in you, that you would be their foundation, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would come into their hearts like a mighty rushing wind, Lord. Change their their belief systems, Lord God change their hearts, change their minds, change what they think is reality, Lord God, open them up to who you are, Father. Lord God, I pray for this nation, Lord God, right now, Father God, you are the only answer, Lord God, it's you, you are the only answer for this nation, Lord God, And so we call out to you, Father God. We pray, Father God, that you would come, Lord God, that we would have a great awakening in this nation, Lord God, that what the enemy tried to do for bad, that you would turn it around for good in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that people would find prayer to be the number one things on the streets, Father God. That people would find unity to be the number one things on the streets, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that you would do an awakening in this country, Lord God, with grace, words, Lord God. I bind that in the name of Jesus, and I lose peace and unity over this nation, Lord God. We give it to you, Lord God, because we
3: know that you are the only one who can create a change. Hallelujah! If you guys could link hands right now and just lift up your hands in the air. I want us to give a sign of unity. I want us to sing. There's nothing like the blood of Jesus. Let's sing it over our country today. Come on. We need the blood of Jesus over America. He will cleanse. He will heal. He will restore. Come on, let's sing this over our land.
1: Say, we're thankful. Come on, tell it. We're thankful.
3: over our land. Start in Chicago, God. Let revival begin within our streets, within our street corners, our high schools, our college campuses, oh God. Send a fresh outpouring of your spirit in our land again. Let righteousness arise. Let justice arise, oh God, from your church. May we be a bright and shining star in the midst of all the darkness, in the You are still in control. You have not surrendered your authority, oh God. And so we worship you, we exalt you, we thank you, and we plead in the blood of Jesus over America. In your mighty name we pray, and everybody said, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. If you guys can please remain standing for just a few more moments. I'm going to preach the gospel to you this afternoon. This message is for those of you who are not right with God. You have never been born again. You've never surrendered your life over to Jesus. I want to let you know that today is your day. The Bible says that today is a day for salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Get right with God today. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12 it says salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And I wanna let you know that Jesus is not only the answer for our world today, Jesus is the answer for your life today. And if you would surrender your life to him, you would never regret it. There is nothing like living for Jesus. He will bring you peace, he will bring you freedom, but most importantly, he will bring you salvation from your sin and eternal life in heaven. Once we leave this earth, my friends, once our 70 years are done on this earth, we will enter into eternity. And you will enter into eternity either in heaven or eternal damnation in hell. And the determining factor is is Jesus, Lord of your life. Did you live for God on this earth? Were you born again? So with all eyes closed all across this room, I want you to hear my plea. Come to Jesus today. That is the only name that we have been given by which we must be saved. Nobody else can save us. Religion will not save you. Buddha will not save you. Islam will not save you. Nobody, nothing in this world can save you but Jesus Christ and his blood. So as I begin to pray, if you know you need to get right with God today, I want you to come into agreement with my prayer and give your life to Jesus and ask him to forgive you. And if you need prayer at the end of service and you could come and see me, I'll get some prayer workers for you. Lord, I thank you for every single person in this room. I pray, oh God, that if they're not right with you, they have not surrendered their life to you, they have not been born again, that they would do it right now, this moment. That eternity would be so clear in the forefront of their mind that they would know that they do not have one more second to waste there would be such an urgency in their heart to get right with you you and to live for you oh God we know oh God that it is your loving kindness that draws all men into repentance and I pray that you experience your loving kindness right now in this moment in Jesus name I pray amen let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise he is so good we serve such a good God at this time we're going to confess our confession of faith The reason why we do this every week as the body of Christ is because this is our Christian worldview. This is the lens in which we see the world around us. So if you're with me, let's recite it on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world. The Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever in the perfect holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus, punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone in Christ alone by God's grace alone and for the glory of God alone amen come on clap it up if you can turn around and just greet your neighbor oh we're going to do the fellowship spend some time fellowshipping meet some people that you don't know and if you need prayer we have prayer workers right here at the front for you Come on, give it up. Who's excited to be at church today? Make some noise. <laughs> Welcome to Metro Praise International for our second service. We're so thankful that you guys all came to join us for our special service today. Our services here are every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. This is our family service. We have ch- King's Kids available in the back for our children, infant to 11 years old. So if you have any children in that age group feel free to bring them on back we have wonderful children's workers back there and then every week we have elevate Fridays at 7 p.m. for students 11 to 18 years old this is our youth group so bring on any teenagers that you know in that age group to be here on Friday nights this is the place for them to be who's excited about our all nations dinner today Come on, we're so thankful that you guys have joined us for this. It's such a special time. In light of everything that's happened this week, what a way to glorify God, to celebrate the unity, multicultures coming together and being a one people. One people, isn't that awesome? So thank you for making this happen. We welcome all the first-time visitors here. If this is your first time, thank you for joining us for this special event. Our, su- uh, our vision here at MPI is loving God and loving people. How timely is Is it after everything that has happened that we could really dive in? The vision of our church is loving God and loving people. And I say this every week, the two greatest commandments that God gave to us, that Jesus gave to us to live our life by, and that should be the vision of our life. And when when those two are taken out of the equation, when you take God out of the equation in a society, there's mass chaos. We must love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We must love people. If we don't love God, we will not pe- love people. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing in the world today. God must come back into our country people must humble themselves and say Jesus I need you. So that is our vision, loving God and loving people. Look to your neighbor say love God. Look to your other neighbor say love people. And then we have a strategy to connect, mentor and send, we want to connect you to the church through our life groups, mentor you through our 101 and 201 books, and we want to send you out to do evangelism so that we could keep preaching the gospel to the lost people in our city. And our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Can I get a hallelujah? Come on, who's excited to connect? Turn your co- That's awesome. I love that response. Turn your hand out around. You'll see the schedule for this quarter of life groups, July, August, and September. I really want to encourage you if you haven't done so already, find a life group to connect to for you and your family. This is a snapshot of what's happening this week. So we're kicking it off Wednesday with our Kings Kids life group, infant to 11 years old, here at the church at 6:30. Awesome ministry for our children. Thursdays, is our Gang Outreach Life Group, 18 years and up, 7 p.m., meet here at the church, hitting the streets, preaching the gospel to the king bangers, all of them we, that we could find all around these neighborhoods. Every Friday there's two adult Bible studies, one at the Govea's house, the other one at the Vivid's house, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. If you're an adult, that's where you have to be on Friday nights. You don't want to be anywhere else. Get into the Word. Get some fellowship. Be encouraged and refresh throughout your week. And Saturday, the Ambassadors Elevate Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 1 p.m. at that address. So get connected. Then we want to mentor you. Somebody say mentor. We have a one-on-one book called Welcome to Your New Life. This is done one-on-one with leaders in the church that are going to walk you through the book, that it's going to be there for you, to pray for you, to encourage you, and to, encur- to challenge you to be all that God wants you to be. Then when you graduate the 101, you'll get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, where we train you to be a leader so that one day you could be ordained to be a deacon or an elder in the church and really be used by God to do all that he has called you to be. How many of you guys want to fulfill God's calling on your life? Come on. It starts in the church. So get connected, get mentored. Then we want to send you out. Say send. We want to send you out to do evangelism. Every Saturday from 5 to 8, we're hitting the streets. If you've never done it before, I encourage you to do it. It will change your life. It will rock your world. When you spend time preaching the gospel and sharing the love of Jesus and the message of the gospel with other people, you are changed. You are transformed. And through that, you will see so many lives changed and brought to the Lord. And it really encourages you in your walk with God and brings you closer to him. But we must be burdened. We must be passionate about preaching the gospel to the lost souls in our city. So in recap, MPI has a vision, a strategy, and a goal. A vision of loving God and loving people. A strategy to connect, mentor, and send. And a goal of 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Can I get an amen? Come on, give it up for Jesus. Praise the Lord. How many of you guys excited to give tithes and offerings today? Yeah. Come on. We believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. We must be faithful to that before the Lord. And an offering is an amount above the tithe, which we designate towards missions and towards building fun. And this is an amount between you and Jesus that God puts on your heart. So let's get into the giving book lesson. You could go to givingbook.org if you want to follow along on your phones. Or you could look up at the screen. We're on section two of the book. Lesson 14, offerings reveal where our treasures are. Again, the definition of an offering is a gift to God after our tithe. We're going to be reading in Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for, yourshel- for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's look at the three main points of those verses. Number one, treasures on earth don't last. How many of you guys could testify to that? Whatever you store up down here will be destroyed. So don't allow worldly treasure to have your heart. Everything in this life will pass away. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Everything here will not last So let not our hearts be on earth. Let it be with God in his kingdom. Number two, store up heavenly treasures. Use your earthly wealth to support the work of God so you will be rewarded with eternal treasures in heaven. How many of you guys want a reward when you get to heaven? How many of you guys know that you can't work for it there? The work has to be done here. So let all of our earthly work, all of our earthly treasures and wealth be used for the kingdom of God so that we get a reward when we get up there. Because up there, nothing is destroyed. It's all, uh, all preserved for all of eternity. And number three, treasures determine your heart. Wherever you store your treasure is where your heart is. Therefore, what you do now will determine your eternal destiny. So let our eternal destiny be set in motion now that we will glorify God, see his kingdom come to earth, and have our rewards up in heaven. So in summary, store up treasures for yourself in heaven by being a giver. Look to your neighbor and say, be a giver. Let's apply this to our life in three ways. Number one, be a faithful tither. Number two, live a life of generosity generosity. Number three, believe one day you will be rewarded for all of your acts of love and sacrifice. God is writing everything down. Nothing that we do for the Lord, every good work that we do is for his glory and nothing is in vain. Amen? Amen. Let's confess this over our life on the count of three. One, two, three. The offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart, from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. If you could please stand up to your feet this afternoon as we prepare to give the Lord our tithes and offerings. Again, MPI believes that a tithe is 10% of our total income, an offering we designate towards missions and towards building fund. There's various missionaries that we support and mission projects that we get to support throughout the year. You guys make that uh, possible. The gospel, the Bibles, everything is preached all throughout the nations, and you make that available for MPI to do. And We also have a building fund that we're currently in right now with a soul winning summer. So I just want you on the envelope to make sure you put your specific amount that you want to go towards each category. There are four ways you could give here at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You can see Pastor Griselda if you have any questions for that today. And four, you could go online and use Chase QuickPay, PayPal, or Bill Pay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. And this is our building fund through the end of the year, preferably till the end of October. We have those dates left. Today is a part of that outreach soul winning summer. We thank you so much for partnering with us. God is on the move. We've raised $3,364 already. Come on. We have 4,636 left through October th- to the end of the year. And we just want to g- just win a harvest of souls this summer. These are the Uh, last three events that we have with our guest worship minister Brandon Hall being in town for those days so let's keep inviting our friends preaching the gospel inviting our co-workers and let's pack this place out so that all can hear the message of Jesus amen so if you haven't joined us yet pray to partner to give because we're going to change Chicago and the world one soul at a time let's recite this bible verse together Philippians 419 and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your generosity to our lives. And God, we don't want to store up treasures for ourselves on this earth. We want to store them up in heaven. So I pray all of our earthly wealth, God, would be put towards the kingdom of God, that we would be generous, that we would be givers, that we would be obedient to your word and know where our treasure really is, that our treasure is really with you, that we desire your kingdom to come to this earth. So I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. I pray that you would multiply these tithes and offerings to meet the needs of your people in the city and throughout all the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Please come forward as you give and we thank you so much for your generosity.
6: How many are ready for the word? Can I hear an amen? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you guys for enduring the summer heat with us in a church that tore off the roofs to look cool but lost the installation in the process. But how many of you are doing all right right now? I can preach for about three hours. You got it in you? Okay, now I want to welcome you guys for being here today. We're going to have some great food that our members have prepared, and we're so happy you're here. So I want everybody to see my smile, to see how much I love you. I'm your friendly neighborhood pastor. Come on, everybody, just say hi, and I'll say hi back. Hi. Everybody doing good? You're probably not going to see me smile a whole lot after this. So just get it all in right now. If you're a visitor and and you're wondering what's going to happen in the next few minutes, I'm going to preach my heart out. And you may wonder at some point, does he love me? And I want you to look back here at the smile. Yes, I love you. But I, as a pastor, need to deal with what's going on in America today, and I need to deal with it honestly. As I get into the message, I want you to think about some of these things with me if you could. The first thing is, is do you believe that God sovereignly has everything under his control right now? That he knew we would be at this place and time in America with fights over immigration, fights over politics and politicians, fights over police, fights over race, fights over uh, disparity and the economic situation. Do we believe that God knew this would happen? Do we believe that God is ultimately in control? As we were singing before, do we believe that? Yes or no? Okay, I need to hear from you. There's enough of you here to talk to me today. Amen? Come on. I want to hear from you on that. We believe that. Now, here's what I want to ask you. Do you want to be in an echo chamber today, which means you only listen to what you agree with? You only listen to what you agree with. So imagine this. When I was brought up in Indiana, Fort Wayne, small town of Indiana, by the cornfields there, guess what? When I would go to Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, white uncle, white aunt, white grandpa, white grandma, white cousins. And so when they would talk about politics, it was white, 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 white. So if you wanted to get the white perspective, you would hear it. And some of us, let's be honest, it's the same thing but in a different way. You go to your, your, your Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. Hello, Filipino, Filipino, Filipino. I remember one time my wife, her family came from Greece. She invited me when we were dating to go to a Greek dinner. And I'm thinking, I'm going to learn all about Greece. I'm going to talk to all the people. You know what they did? Literally spoke in Greek the entire time and ignored me. Have you ever felt that way before? Greek, 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 Greek. Echo, echo, echo. Hello, hello, hello. Hearing what the same kind of culture that you are says is just an echo. Today you are in a church where there is not one race, one ethnic group that is the majority. We are a church made up of the cultures of this city. Look around right now if you don't believe it. Look around. What is the predominant race here? You can't see one. Rose filled of those from the Philippines and Asia. Rose filled with those from Latin America. Rose filled with Anglo brothers and sisters, African American. And so here's what I want to ask you Do you want me, as a pastor today, to tell you only an echo of white culture? Like as if today I would go to the suburbs of Naperville and hear what the white pastor would say to his white congregation and just echo, echo, echo what the white people say. Of course not. You don't want that from me. You expect better, don't you? And see, some of you don't understand this, but I'll share this with you now. I'm a missionary to you. I was not born and raised in Chicago. I was born and raised in a small town. And God showed me visions of this city and called me to be an urban missionary. This is a calling to me to be here today. And before this ever happened, I hope that I have gained your trust because you have called me your pastor before this ever happened. And what that means, I only boast in God, but what that means is when I started this church in a home Bible study, it wasn't about white culture. I don't want you to follow a white man. I don't want you to follow a black man. I taught you to follow the God man, Jesus Christ. And that's what it's always been about. So when I come to you today, I want to ask you, to do the same thing that I'm doing by example. And that is why there is so many different nationalities here today. Because you know when this gringo white boy pastor comes up here, he's not speaking from the Caucasian book written by the white man. I'm speaking from the Bible, doing my best to hear what God is saying. Thus says the Lord to every race, to every tribe, to every nationality, and to every language. Because if you wanted to hear the echo of a black church, go to the south side where the black church is going to preach to other black people and tell them about oppression and tell them about this or that, amen. But you won't see the white people there because it's not speaking their language. It will not communicate to them. You can go to the all-Mexican, Puerto Rican church where it's all in Spanish, and they'll say, viva la raza, and you'll hear it go on and on and on, but you won't see it speak to the black person or to the white person, let alone the Asian from Southeast Asia. If we are going to be here today and deal rightfully with what's going on in America, we all have to set down our kingdoms with a small K and seek first his big capital K kingdom. For he said, if you seek my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And does all include justice with the police department? Does all include peace on our streets? Yes, it does. So, my friend, today you are already in a miracle church of multicultures, hearing what God is saying, hearing what the word of the Lord is saying. And so, today, if I don't step on your toes as an African American or as a white person or as a Latino Hispanic or as a Southeast Asian, I have not done my job appropriately. Because if since you have come to Christ, you believe the exact same about politics, the exact same about race, and the exact same about morality, my friend, Christ has not changed you, but you have changed Jesus to be a mere image of you, and he's now an idol. I'm going to say that again. If Jesus has not changed since you becoming a Christian, if Jesus hasn't changed the way you look at race, changed the way you look at politics, changed the way you look at morality, then you're not serving the real Jesus of the Bible because the real Jesus of the Bible changes cultural ideas. The real Jesus of the Bible tells you you haven't had it right this whole time. The real Jesus of the Bible tells you that mom and dad didn't always tell you the right thing about the kingdom. We were not born in the right race. None of us. All of us were born to a fallen race tracing its treacherous ways back to Adam and Eve. We have been born traitors to the God most high worthy of death and hell. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He came to start a new humanity, a new race made of all the ethnic groups of the world, a kingdom of God race made of sons and daughters, not slaves, but sons and daughters. And so today, I am challenging myself in my echo chamber to hear from God. I'm asking you. To challenge yourself. This church was built upon one God, one faith, one blood, and one love. And we will stand on that until Jesus comes back. And we will be an example to Chicago and to the nations of what racial reconciliation and peace looks like. We will show the world where it starts. It starts right here. Can I get an amen? Now i got some great things to share with you. Are you ready for the Word today? Okay, open up your Bibles with me to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. Remember how much I love you because it's going to get tight, but it's still right, baby. Come on, look at the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. One God, one faith. Come on. One love, one blood. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Right now, is there a lot of groaning going on in our country? Is there a lot of pain on the inside of our country? There is pain. Where does that pain come from? Oh, it comes from the white cop. It comes from that gangbanger. Oh, it comes from that politician. No, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against an old devil called Satan who has been bringing his powers and principalities here for a long time and making men wicked. By their choice, obviously, he can't do what they don't want. But men have become wicked because they have fouled the devil. Go back to the Garden of Eden, my friends. Jesus gave us the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, if you want to eat of this, you will be on your own deciding good and evil, and you will die in that day. You will die the day you eat of that tree. You will die. And they ate of it. And what happened? To their children. What did Cain do to Abel, my friends? Did he take him to Six Flags? Did he buy him a lote or a slice of pizza? What did Cain do to Abel? He murdered his own brother. And is that not what we see today? A fallen spiritual race from Adam and Eve murdering each other, living in wickedness, and we all groan. Do you not know that in the end times it's been prophesied, foretold by Jesus, that here is a sign, here is a birth pain, that the kingdom's about ready to usher through into this world. Nation will rise up against nation. Literally in the Greek original language, ethnos against ethnos. And you see it not only in America, you see it in Mexico, them fighting the teachers, stripping them and beating them, and the police killing their own kind. You see it in the gang lords in sec- Central America and South America. You see it in Asia, North and South Korea, demilitarized own. You see it in Asia right now, in Pakistan and India, where they still have their weapons pointed at each other. You see it in China with Tibet. You see it all over the European nation with Russia, and it's broken off places of the Soviet Union. My friend, in the Middle East, more Muslims die by other Muslims. Are you listening to what Jesus said? In the end times, ethnos would fight against ethnos. Nation would rise up against nation. You must see this today as a call of righteousness, that I will not side myself with the devil, that liar, that one who brings spiritual death. I will not side myself with a murderer. I will side myself with Jesus. Jesus loved his enemies, and he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Are you ready for the message? Somebody say, I'm ready. You may not agree with all of it, but I'll tell you what, you'll hear it today. Because I'll tell you what, I know a lot of great churches, they don't want to talk like how I'm talking to you right now. They want to take up the offering, and they want to preach to you some light, fluffy message that we all need to get along. We all just need to pray more, understand more. But they don't want to call things what it is today. I'm going to call it all out today. All of it's getting called out today. Are you listening to me? You say, whose side are you on, Hillary's or Trump? Listen to me. Unless both of them repent, they will both go to hell. I'm on either one of their sides. They are sinners in my uh, perspective and under the sight of God. I see no fruit of either one of their salvation. I'm here to tell you that I'm on the side of the Lord and where that side rests, that's why I will go. Now, when I have to vote, that's a different conversation, but you need to be honest with yourself today. Is my hope in politics or is my hope in Jesus? I'm smart enough to know Trump will not change my heart, nor can he change this country. And if you think Hillary can do the same, you've been deceived. Jesus is the only hope for this nation. Are you ready? This week in the U.S., we have experienced, all my notes are online, by the way, on metropraise.org. Or you can go to the Facebook page. This week in the US, we have experienced an unprecedented level of racism, injustice, and violence. We are currently experiencing a high rate of black-on-black crimes, with Chicago being the Myrtle capital of America, police on black lives crimes, with the wrongful death of Landau Castile, and black-owned police crimes in Dallas. Certainly, these are not only issues involving the black or African-American community, but right now, this is the highest amount of tension. It's found in the black community, especially those in urban areas. I lived in New Orleans seven and a half years. I spent a summer in Baton Rouge. I pastored an almost all-black congregation for four and a half years. I have been dealing with this for a long time. The name Metro Praise is based off the idea of metropolitan. I am called to the cities, and the African-American tragedy has been along for a long time. And so now we see with the Hispanics as well. But I have to go on what's in the news today. I've already preached on immigration but keep listening. Many from within the black community and without are offering up reasons and remedies to stop the madness, yet nothing is helping, but rather things are only getting worse. Now I want you to hear this because this is so important. The American church has been mostly irrelevant. Now, let me tell you why. It's not because they're not talking. It's not because we don't get a pastor in front of the news to say a nice little prayer. It's because the church can't show the world Jesus. The church has only been a mirrored reflection of the world. Y'all didn't get that. The church looks so much like the world right now that there's no difference between the Jesus they preach on Sunday to what they're living like on Monday. The Jesus of the Bible doesn't look and act like most churches today is what I'm trying to tell you. Most churches today are just a mirrored reflection of the world. A place where Oprah Winfrey, where megastars can go, where people with the most money call the shots, and where the church is as backslidden as it ever has been, yet it's most production than it's ever had, the most books than it's ever had, the biggest buildings, yet it's not producing the kind of fruit it's said it's supposed to. Twelve men minus Judas 11 changed the entire known world, and yet we have what they say, 70% of Christians in America, and they're still killing a million babies a year here. Something in the church ain't right. Something in the church is not right. In other words, the church has been dressed up to look like the world so much that there isn't really a difference between the Jesus of the Bible and the world. For example, as I said before, if after being saved your ideas of race, politics, and morality haven't changed, it's because you've made Jesus into an idol in your own image because true Christianity changes culture, not conforms to it. That would have been a good place to say amen. It's up to you. Amen or oh my, it's still coming. America has had community meetings. We've heard political promises. We've held both violent and peaceful protests. We've been educated on racial equality, white privilege, and black history, and have listened to all the news outlets as well as all those Facebook mimes and social media bloggers without any real change. So what's the solution? More of the same? Or could we be missing something vitally important, foundational? I want everybody to say the missing ingredient, please. Thank you. Now, I want you to imagine you were a doctor and had discovered the cure for cancer. The cure is made up of one main ingredient. Without it, the cure cannot work. Now, consider if the drug companies told you, we like everything about your cure except the main ingredient. Change the ingredient so that we can make it and distribute it. What would you say? Now, I want you to think about this, please. God teaches us that Jesus, not Oprah Winfrey's Jesus, not Joel Osteen's Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, the disciple-making, demon-casting out, temple-cleansing, walking on water, child-loving, healing Jesus, who then said to go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything he commanded. The Bible says Jesus is the answer to humanity's trouble, especially those in the U.S. and what we're facing right now. Yet the culture, everybody look at this, yet the culture keeps saying back to God, we don't want the ingredient. We don't want Jesus and his prayers in our school. We don't want his words in our courtrooms. We don't want his morals in our lives, in our entertainment. We want to rid him from our consciences, freely promote same-sex marriage, abortion, drug use, adultery, greed, evil entertainment, pornography, and teach our children, listen to this, people, teach our children that mankind is nothing more than an animal evolved from apes. You show me a video of the rapper The Game bringing together the Bloods and Crips in the inner city and you think that's something good? This man is a fool and a hypocrite and is a blind man leading the other blind men and they both will go into a ditch. You show me the wicked of this world telling me we need peace, and they just voted that abortion is okay in the Supreme Court to mutilate partially born children in a partial birth clinic, and then you're going to tell me my trust is to be in those people with black robes? God have mercy. My soul is groaning. And you bring to me a pastor who is a yellow belly, weak kneed, spineless person that can't call out sin, but yet wants us to pray, our prayers will be powerless. He taught us to pray in the king with King Solomon in the time of when they erected the temple, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then then and only then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. You don't want to turn to God in humility and brokenness for all the sins of our nation, all the real housewives of Jersey Shore, all of our entertainment and rap music, and all of the wickedness that we've promoted through our TV shows and desperate housewives. We don't want to repent to God, but we ask for his pity when no man has a morality or a compass to go by. God has turned us over to our own devices and will. We wish him not to be in our schools. He is not. We wish him not to be in our government. He is not. We wish him not to be in our music and entertainment, and he is not. Did you think we would run from the God of life, the God of light, and not experience death and darkness? I'm going to say that to you again. Do you think we're going to leave the God of life, leave the God of light, and experience anything other than death and darkness is it any wonder we as a people are so sick how many see the sickness of our society right now five of you what about the rest of you are you blind i'm asking you can you see i once was blind but now i see how many see how sick the world is right now it's sick is it not Listen to what Isaiah said. He said the same thing to Israel applies to us in this mindset. Woe to those who call good evil or evil good and good evil. They switched it on us. Did you notice there was a switch between what was evil and good? Now now it's evil It's evil for me to teach my children that they are born a gender and they must live that out. It is evil. They're trying to make it illegal for pastors to counsel uh, same-sex attracted children to teach them the right way of sexuality. They want to make it illegal for me that if I tell same-sex attracted Johnny that it's wrong to lust after Mike, they want to call me a child abuser. Hello. Have you seen the switch? Have you seen the switch? in the jobs, and the companies you work for, the inequality of pay. Why? Listen to me, everybody. When you teach the businessman in college biology class that he is nothing more than a primate, what do you think he's going to take from his economic class? The weak are meat. Only the strong and the fit survive. He'll take and take and take from you without any morality or compassion because you're just an animal. No compassion for you. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. How many have noticed the darkness in our music? How many have noticed the darkness from Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus? Hello. We used to go from doing the wooly bully to twist to I kissed a girl. Come on, somebody to the perversion and the wickedness of Miley Cyrus, to the perversion and wickedness of the rap music of today, The Weeknd, how the disgusting lyrics that comes from this young man called The Weeknd, are you listening to me? It's all around us. Listen again. Woe to those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Have you ever been making cookies before and you accidentally put in the salt instead of the sugar? Have you ever done that? I know I have. You did everything right up into that point. It seems right, but you go ahead and you eat that cookie, and that thing is so bitter. That thing tastes so bad. But listen, we've become accustomed to bitterness now. Children growing up without mom and dad in the home anymore, more children are born outside of wedlock than they're born in marriages. Do you think it's going to be any different, my friends, when we talk about justice issues? It's all the same corruption. How can I ask the policeman to know good from evil when he can't choose his own music good from evil? He can't choose his own entertainment good from evil. He doesn't know the taste of sweetness anymore. He doesn't know what light is anymore. He's like a bat living in darkness and all. That's what he sees. Woe to those. Listen. Listen to this. Those who don't think they need to listen to this preacher today. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, clever in their own sight. Well, I just don't see it that way, Pastor. It's 21st century. I j- I just, I'm just so much smarter than that. I've listened to Dr. Phil and I've listened to Oprah Winfrey and I've read a couple books. I'm just so much smarter than that. And you're just so judgmental. You're part of the problem in this world. You're just so hate filled. You think you're clever. The world thinks it's clever. They think what they do will somehow trick the devil, get him to get out of our community, get out of our culture, and then somehow trick God into blessing us. When did the languages of different cultures come upon mankind? The Tower of Babel. We were all of one nation, one creed, one language. But then we conspired together to become an antichrist culture, to say we do not need God, we will build our own tower to heaven, known as the Tower of Babel. God cursed us with our multiple languages and said, I will divide you because when you unified, you came against me. What breaks the curse of Babel over our culture right now? What breaks the curse of Babylon and the spirit of Antichrist? That same spirit that that snake gave us in the garden. You can become God. You don't need God. You'll know good from evil. You'll be God. What separates us from the lie of our own cleverness? Because there is no kind of a deception. There's no worse kind of deception than to deceive yourself. The lies that we tell most often and the loudest are the lies we tell ourselves. Check out your New Year's resolutions and look how much you lied to yourself. Hello. Look at the scale this morning. Look how much you lied to yourself. You weren't supposed to weigh this way. You weren't supposed to look this way. Come on, somebody. We lie to ourselves all the time. Just look at your bank account. You were supposed to have so much more money right now. Just look at the grades, young people. You were supposed to be getting A's right now. Young people, you start young right now living for the Lord. You'll never regret it, but if you keep living for the devil, I I pity you because there are days of darkness coming ahead that we have not even seen yet. We need to repent and turn to God and receive the only cure. That's Jesus Christ. So I can't offer you a cure today other than Jesus. Does everybody get that? I have to offer you a cure of Jesus. Come on, everybody look at your neighbor and say, it's still the introduction. I got to get this introduction out, then I can preach to you. Amen. Does somebody say one God? Somebody say one faith, one blood, one love. Now we all want a just society, don't we? We all want fairness in our society. But my friend, where does it come from? Here is my best illustration of where a just society comes from. I challenge anybody here from any other religion, any other perspective to give me one better. This is where I believe a just society comes from. Remember the Bible says when the righteous thrive, when the righteous are thriving and righteousness is in the land, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. So what is the foundation of a just society? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A just society must be founded upon the one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You cannot found a just society upon Confucius, Marx. You cannot found it upon other people and their idea. You have to found it upon God. Now, you may say, Joe, are you promoting a theocratic society, a society ruled by the church? Absolutely not. Though I don't think America's beginnings were perfect, I think there are things we can learn from it and do better now as we continue as a culture. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were best friends and helped form what we now know as the Constitution and the amendments that followed. One was a devout Christian, John Adams. One was an atheist, Thomas Jefferson. But you see, the colonies and all of those rest of the people were by majority Christians. But they knew this. They couldn't follow the way of botanical rule from the Puritans because the Puritans and the early settlers wanted to make America in government a theocratic nation ruled by the Bible. They had just left England a theocratic society with a king and a priest and they now needed their freedom and so to have freedom as a God-fearing people John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and the others conceded that the best we can do when the kingdom of men until the kingdom of God comes and we have real theocracy is a democracy it's where men have a vote and men are treated fairly. And that's why you see in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution those things being mentioned. Now, some of you being reminded of early American history want to bring up slavery. But let me just remind you of this. It was the church, and it was preaching like this that broke off the chains of slavery. If you say, I don't believe you, and you want to go back to Africa, I say start in Dofar and see how it's going now. Africans are still enslaving Africans. Believe it or not, look it up. You ever heard of Hotel Rwanda? Wasn't a white man slattering the rest of the black men. It's black on black. So your hope today isn't in America nor in me. It needs to be in God, but let's get some history right. Slave traders go to hell. The Bible is clear about that. When we broke away and had the American Revolution, it was because we wanted our freedom. When we had the Civil War, it's because we wanted other people to have their freedom. When we had the civil rights, it's because we wanted everybody with equal rights. All of this came from the foundation of a Judeo Christian people. You can argue with me later, but hear me on this. Whether our past is true, I could care less as of right now. Today, you want a police officer to respect and honor you? Your only hope for him is for him to believe in the God of the Bible. Number two is for him to follow that Bible. Because what other source were you appealed to? Some people say, well, majority rules. Well, the majority of Nazi Germany said that Jewish people were nothing more than vermin and rats needing to be extinguished. You cannot only follow the majority. You have to have a standard. The standard that we have is the Bible. Do people always agree over the Bible? No, they don't. But the truth will set you free. If we get people in the room with an open heart and mind and to study that Bible, we will come up with a just morality. And it doesn't have to be imposed on others. You make a decision. You see, I'm not asking today for the Bible to be in our Constitution. What I'm asking today is for Christians to live like they actually believe the Bible. Then, if we all did that, if the 70% of us here who say they already believe the Bible and the 70% of the African American community who says they believe in the Bible making Chicago the murder capital of the world, if we actually believed it and pastors actually believed it and stopped pimping behind the pulpit so from the pew to the pulpit, people lived by the Bible, the Constitution would be irrelevant to us because we wouldn't want to murder, we wouldn't want to kill, we wouldn't want to have sex outside of marriage and kill our own babies. Our children would know their sexual identity, and the government would be there just to assist us to have life and and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And then thirdly, the church of Jesus Christ. Because God and the Bible is not floating around somewhere on the Internet. The church is the only thing Jesus said, I will build and the gates of hell will not prevail against He did not promise to build America, though we can impeach and and implore his blessings. God bless us. God bless us. He did not promise to build the U.N. or any other nation. But this is what he promised to build, my church. Therefore, the church is the only hope for this country. And I'm not talking about just this building here. I'm talking about true disciples of Christ all across the world, but specifically in this nation. When they get it right, the system will get right the government will get right the community will get right when the church is broke busted and disgusted and they're pimping off the people the community will suffer that's God's promise to us it's up to you whether or not you believe it now you've heard my three don't shout out yours but I just want to ask you to think about this to meditate on this what would you put in replace of this Mao Zedong you're going to put the book that the Chinese people live by the highest rate of suicide in that nation, the highest rate of abortion in that nation, the highest rate of displeasure. You're going to live by Mao tongue. What are you going to replace here? Your science book? Where the science itself can't even explain where it came from? People ask me all the time, do you believe in the Bible or science? It's like I could ask them back, well, for you to live, do you believe in your heart or your lungs? Which one do you need to live, your heart or your lungs? Do I believe in the Bible or science? I believe in both. And only one can explain the other. Only the Bible can explain science because it tells you where scientists come from and why they have a rational mind and why the world is understood rationally. The world is not in chaos. The world is governed by very specific laws. Are you listening? But what will you replace it with? The God of Allah? The plantheon God of the Hindu religion? The God of ancient tribal ancestors worshiping their great-great-grandpa? My friend, this is the only hope for America. So when you ask me, what do I think we need to do? We need to come back to God, get his word in our lives, and follow the teachings of the church. Mayor Rahm Emanuel needs to be sitting here today hearing the same words you're hearing. He needs to hear the word of God. He needs to be taught. The police officers need to be taught. And it's not for me to have some false authority. It's because God has called us to equip the people with his word. And if Rahm Emanuel doesn't want to sit in this church, I'll give him five other good churches. But stop going to backslidden churches for photo ops. And I want everybody to look up here. Our church started with four people in a house. Today, after everything's done, it's going to be about 250, 275. Had a packed first service. You listen to me right now. I don't have anything to ask from our aldermen. I don't have anything to ask of our mayor. I will not use this pulpit as an opportunity for these men to prance around like some My Little Pony up here and use me and this congregation for their agenda. I only have one thing to ask our mayor, our government, our, our governor, and all the aldermens here. Listen to me. And that is to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I ask you, sir, to repent. I ask Mary Rahm Emanuel to repent. I ask our congressmen to repent. You say, Pastor, who gives you all that authority? I just told you, the God of the Bible. Let's go on scripture. I remember going down there with Alderman Mariano Mariano, to get into Wicker Park to start our second campus. He immediately started to question me, persecute me. He was the one that tried to keep out Chick-fil-A from Wicker Park. I looked him right in the eyes, and I said, I'm going to be very clear with you. I believe this is a sin, this is a sin, and this is a sin. He goes, well, I don't agree with all that. I said, let's do a Bible study then. And he didn't want to do that, and I said, well, let's do this. You give me one book that you think says what you're wanting to say, and I'll send you a book that tells you what I'm wanting to say. But you see, I never backed down, and he still gave me the permit or whatever I needed to go and do that. I have no fear of man. You ever see me fearing man? Find another church that doesn't fear man. Are you listening? Because we're not here to fear man. I'm not here to show favoritism from one race to another, one dollar bill to a, one elder to another, or one person because they're brother big bucks. Let's build our church on this. Let's have pastors live holy, and let's show a culture what it looks like. You are the hope here today, my friends. When you spread out across this world to your jobs, you are the hope. If the Christian community truly believed the Bible and voted accordingly, We wouldn't even have to worry about abortion clinics. They would be put out of business by themselves because none of our people would frequent them. We wouldn't even have to worry about gangs and violence. Our police officers and the inner city would be a holy people. So God, the word, and the church. Somebody say, help us, Lord. Build the four main components of a just society. You need a family. Do you see broken or healed families in the most part across America right now? Where do you think it's coming from? A broken foundation. When you look at the government, including all of the civil servants that are employed by the government. Do you see a healthy, happy, thriving government, or do you see a government that is corrupted, full of greed, full of racism, full of inequality, a healthy one or a bad one? What about economy? When you look at how we've grown over the years, when you used to be like my father who grew up on the south side, when you used to be able to get a factory job or work on the docks and make enough money to own a house and own a car, have we seen a disparaging in now the middle class? Have we seen a suffering of the poor and the working class? And now we see the rich being more richer than they've ever been before. Do we see a fair economy or do we see a broken economy? What about our educational system? Are we teaching our young people the meaning of life? Are we teaching them what Harvard taught them? Look up the model for Harvard. You look it up. It's Veritas, truth. It used to be truth in God. You look it up. (laughs) Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Northeastern here in Chicago was founded by Methodist evangelists and men like me. Harvard was started by a pastor like me who donated his books to a university of the colonies. Where do you think the scientific method came from? Where do you think Sir Isaac Newton got the idea that he could understand the gravity of the pole of the moon? Where do you think we started to understand physics and calculus and all of this? Christians! The West and the Christian mind brought about the Renaissance and brought about the scientific revolution. Now atheists stand on our shoulders and curse the God who's lifted them up there. They're cutting off the same branch that they have been sitting on. Is our educational system broken or is it... Healed and healthy and whole. What, what happened to our Chicago uh, uh, superintendent of the schools? What happened to her? Sat down because of corruption. We got a teacher back there. What happened to her? She was stealing money. So where do you think our morality will come from, my friends? Like I said, I don't need to force it on you. For it to be done, we live in a free democratic society where we get to make the choice. But don't you understand if we made the choice, the society would change? So now ask yourself the question whatever side you're on in this situation, are you willing to do what you have to do to be a part of a just society? Are you willing to make God your foundation, His word, and the church what you believe, and then raise your family accordingly? participate in government and vote accordingly. And if you have a job in government, to be honest, an economy that the businesses you start, like Hobby Lobby, you have fair minimum wage without having to be made to do it by the government. Hobby Lobby gives their people medical benefits. Even those that don't go uh, long hours, they don't work out their people. Do you see a difference in Christian-owned businesses and education? Somebody say, help us, Lord. This is still the introduction. Let me get to the message here. I'll be brief, but let me get to the message. We have to look at a just society as the balance here of right and wrong, good and evil. Now look at Proverbs eleven fourteen, and if you miss this here, you'll miss the whole point of the message. For the lack of guidance, a nation what? For the lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Here's the thing. All of us here may say different things about good, gray, and evil. But if we have the same foundation, we will come through the advice of others to the answers our culture needs. And we will give guidance and make victory sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm going to explain it again because nobody gets it. I'm going to ask you again, then I need an affirmative from those who get it, okay? We may, may not agree on all the details of good, gray, and evil in a society, but if we have the same foundation, we can work on our differences together, guide the nation, and bring forth advice and make victory sure. Do you understand that, yes or no? Okay. Because now I want to speak to you from Joe. This is Joe with this foundation, what it looks like for me. I am one advisor to this nation. We need many advisors in this nation with this kind of a foundation. Are you tracking with me? You may agree with most of what I have on here. Good for me is honoring police. How many believe you should honor police? I believe we should honor them. They ask us to pull over, we pull over. I remember being in the inner city in the Calio Projects where Master P was from. I never experienced this before, but they saw me taking home some kids from youth group. We got pulled over, all of us thrown out the car. Their guns were drawn, and I understood at that point that not everybody's treated the same by the police. But here's also what I understood. When I honored them, I was treated fairly. There are black people, white people, Hispanic people who are all putting up videos showing you only of being treated unfair. Some of you need to realize that's not always the way it goes, Not every policeman is bad. Number two, I believe that treating, as, treating people as equals is good. How many think that's good? So you see, I believe that everybody should be treated equal all the time. There should never be a time that I treat somebody different from the way i treat my own mother, father, brother, sister, or children. I also believe that it's good to have peace in Chicago. How many think that's a good thing? How many think that we should stop killing each other on the streets, that there should be peace? I had a young man come up to me after first service and say yesterday while he was at home, five shots were fired in his neighborhood. He goes out to the front, and he sees a Latino man there bleeding, and it was because another Latino gang shot him, and that was on his own street. doesn't matter white, black, pink, or purple. That was his story. But how many want peace in Chicago? Okay, now let's see if we agree on some evil things. Do we agree that the death of the Dallas policemen who had nothing to do with anything going on at that point in the media, that their death was evil? That whoever could start to sniper and kill innocent police officers, men and women who did nothing but show up to protect people in society. Yes or no, is that evil? Now here's one, and I'm going to say this about the death of uh, Philando Castile. I can't make most decisions from Facebook 30-second videos, and here's the reason why. Can I tell you why? I am a concealed carry pastor, a pistol-packing pastor, and that means I had to go to training to carry a loaded weapon. And I want you to listen to me. Our training is only small compared to police training, and we had to watch videos in our training of cops and innocent people being murdered and being shot. One video... Shows a man, he's in the car, because people say, well, if they got a camera on him, why would they do this? It must be conspiracy. Listen, he saw the cameras were on them. There was a police on his one door, a police on his other door, three policemen behind him. They have his hands in the, the camera, has a, has a light coming out of it. You can see his hands. Within the video, I think they timed it, it was like 1.2 seconds He pulled out his gun, jumped out the car, shot the police in the leg, started running, shooting this way. Some of you don't understand justice. You do that, you die. You wave a gun around, you die. Some of you don't understand why police officers are getting off. I know that there may be corruption in it, but I had a young lady in this church that was in the Trayvon Martin trial as a juror unimaginable how it happened as a series of events. She moved down to Florida. The first thing she gets as she changed her mail is a jury notice for the Trayvon Martin case. She was on Dr. Phil. She voted to let George Zimmerman off. Because when she saw the evidence and understood the law, there's a law called stand your ground. Listen to me. I don't have to fight a gangbanger. I don't have to watch a gangbanger hurt somebody else. I see gang violence. I feel threatened. You're done. You didn't know I was carrying a gun. So listen to me. Some of you don't know the law of America. Stand your ground says, don't you mess with police And don't you mess with citizens. I don't have to get into a street fight. Are you listening? I could fall over and hit my head on a street fight. There could be two of your guys around the corner. This is the law of the land. But having said that, when I saw the death of Philando Castle, I said, this is a different problem. If I believe the story of the woman in the car, I now have to call it for what it is. This is murder. Now, if I am proven wrong on this and they show me another video and it shows me that this man was waving his gun around, there's a whole other story, this is what you can expect from me as a pastor, and I would ask many of you to do the same. Stop making judgments off 20-second videos you don't know anything about. But as of right now, I'll say that's evil. So let me ask it to you, assuming that the story is true. Do you believe it's evil for a policeman to shoot an innocent person in their car? Yes. And do you believe it's evil to have violence in Chicago? Now here's the thing. Echo, echo, echo. Do I sound like your echo? Probably don't, do I? Do you think I sound like the echo of the Vorostik family Thanksgiving? Don't sound like them either. I'll tell you that. I've been there. Hello. See, I'm not trying to echo the Vorostik culture. I'm not trying to echo the Puerto Rican culture. I'm not trying to echo the black culture in some pastor who stands up in front of a bunch of black people white pastor and says "God damn white america listen you'll be the first one there sir you'll be the first one there the bible says to come in compassion to speak in grace and mercy as angry as i get at violence and all of that i am not damning souls are you listening to me i have no respect for that now here's my gray areas everybody say this is his gray areas now it's up to you what your gray areas are right We're not always going to agree. You may want to push a couple things over here and change them around. But this is the thing I want to ask you to do. When you're making your list, are you doing it based on this? Because I can say with a clear conscience, that's what I'm doing. Do I think the death of Alton Sterling is evil? Not from what I saw. Not from what I saw. As fast as a gun can come out, the report of the store owner, him waving around a gun, you forfeited your life, sir. You forfeited your life. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Show me I'm wrong. But do it in grace and love because we're going to get to the message. This is just the introduction. But show it in grace and love because that's what I'm giving you is grace and love. Black Lives Matter movement. Do I believe that black lives matter? Absolutely I believe black lives matter. Of course they do. But do I like what's coming from the movement? No, I don't. I don't like foul mouths. I don't like lukewarm sissy pastors saying goddamn white America. And I certainly don't like what their rallies produce. Now you say you're for black lives matter. Show me it. By God being your foundation, the word of God being your morality, and the church is how you live. Show me that. Show me that you support what the Bible says, and I got your back. Because guess what? If I saw a policeman beating a black man right here, I'm going to step in front of that policeman, and I'm going to be there. I see a black man putting down a policeman. And I've seen this on those videos. Some of y'all don't want to watch those videos, where the policeman is down. More policemen die from their own weapons. You're not understanding that. Policemen will die from their own weapons. They'll take them. And people are watching the policemen on the ground. This is one of the things they taught me when we got our concealed carry lesson, our concealed carry license, was that when you walk into a situation, you support the police and let the judge set out the rest. They said, imagine you walk into a room or to a parking garage and you see one small man beating down another smaller man. So it looks like teenagers, but you don't know. And you're walking over and the one teenager is on the ground and he's, he's screaming out, stop, stop, stop. What are you going to do with the concealed carry license? Are you going to come and shoot him? you Are going to come and say, you don't know the situation. What if the man on the, the ground is the one who just tried to rape the other man's daughter? You see, you don't know the story. And so when you come to me with this stuff, come correct. Number three, white privilege to me is a gray area because I'm white and I've seen racism and I've seen privilege, but I don't like the way it comes across because it seems like, to me, people want a handout instead of a hand up. Now, you may say, Pastor, I don't agree with any of your gray areas. Well, then that's your prerogative. You see, that's the beauty of a just society. A just society that's based on God, his word, and his church lets you work that out. And that's why I say this, let's keep talking about it. Because I don't want to echo, 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 echo chamber. I don't wanna keep talking to people who think that legal immigrants are part of the problem, that Trump can't do no wrong. I don't wanna be at the white table with the echo chamber. At the same time, I don't wanna be at the black movement's lives echo chamber. I know there's gotta be a better way, and I'm willing to invest time into it. Are you? How many are ready for the message? Are you ready for the message? Somebody say, I'm ready. Now here's what we have to do is we gotta be righteous. We've got to be righteous now. No one in our church is forbidden from joining any protest. No one in our church is looked down upon because of political affiliation. I'm sure there's elders and deacons in our church who will vote for Hillary. There's some that are going to vote for Trump. There are some that support the Black Lives Matter movement. There are some that don't. But here's what I ask every believer to do, and I'm not responsible for all the churches out there today. I'm responsible for this church. So here's how we say, I say we work it out. We go to a place just like the book of Ephesians, and we look at these four things, one God, one faith, one blood, one love, and that's how we communicate. That's how we talk to each other. That's how we solve the problem. Somebody say, one God. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. How many gods are there, people? There's one God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Somebody say, he is our peace. Is the police our peace? Is the government our peace? Is Black Lives Matters movement our peace? Is Trump our peace? He himself is our peace. He has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. As whites and blacks have been torn apart from each other, or minorities and white have been torn apart from each other, the Israelites were torn apart from Gentiles for almost 4,000 years. We're Israel. We're better. We're Israel. We're better. You come from the pagans. We come from Abraham. Now God is saying, I bring peace to both those groups. How much more can he bring peace to all the communities in our city? Look at this. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose. Everybody say, his purpose. His purpose to going to the cross was to create in himself how many new humanities? How many new humanities? One new humanity out of the two, Jew and Gentile, thus making what? You want peace with the police officer? Serve God and tell him to do the same. You want peace with the immigration issue? Serve God and tell your neighbor to do the same. Hello? Let's be honest here. Is it ethnic races or is it the kingdom of God that we're putting first here today? What comes first? My, my Italian grandparents came here at the same time my Polish grandparents, uh, great-grandparents came here, and that was at the beginning of the 1900s. So by the way, my culture has nothing to do with Kinte, nothing to do with slave-owning. My people were Polish and Italian farmers that came here well after that. Are you listening? Are you listening to me? I'm telling you my stories just so people get some history of where we come from. But my grandpa Signed up for World War II and was ready to kill other Italians. You know why? Because Mussolini wasn't for what was right. As an Italian-American, he knew who he was. My Polish family never celebrated Polish Independence Day. That was an insult to them. What it was was they were now Americans and they were proud to be Americans. As I talked about on the immigration issue, I agree we should have illegal legal immigration change and give freedom for those who want to come and work. But you don't do it when waving your flag in our capital city. You do it waving the flag of the United States of America, saying, we love this country. That's how you build a nation. Otherwise, you could go back to every country we all came from and then wave the flag we want there. I'm not waving a Polish flag. I'm not waving an Italian flag. I'm waving the flag of America. And if you don't like America, find another nation but I believe that God has called us in America to be one and be a light to the nations. And I will be called to this nation until I go to meet Jesus. So I love this country. I know it's made mistakes, but I look up to this country. And by the way, the people I listen to are just as much African American as they are white. The black men I listen to, Alan West, who was a general in the Army, he hates the Black Lives Movement. I give more grace than he does. So don't tell me it's just a white or black thing. People don't all think the same. But how can we be one humanity in Christ? You see, if I agree with that pastor on Christ, we can work through the differences. We don't agree with Christ. We don't agree with his methods. There is no peace for us. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he brought death to their hostility. The cross of Jesus Not the teachings of Muhammad, but the cross of Jesus, are you listening, brought death to racism. How you want to deal with it and how I deal with it may be different, but I will tell you this. Racism has been put to death on the cross of Jesus Christ. You decide what you will do with that. I am choosing to follow Jesus. Everybody say one faith. Ephesians chapter 4 teaches us that we need to understand our faith. Our faith here is not just in the sense of what we're talking about, uh, what I believe is a random esoteric thing, but as a set of doctrines and beliefs. So let us read the faith statement, the faith creed of the New Testament church. Can we read it on the count of three? It's in Ephesians 1, 2, 3. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. One faith. Do I stand with the Baptists? Absolutely. Absolutely. I share T.D. Jakes' message, even though I don't agree with most of what T.D. Jake says, but I share this message. Why? Because I want people to know my differences with T.D. Jakes over some of our issues of doctrine is not going to keep me from supporting a Christian as he's bringing peace to Dallas. Are you hearing me today? See, as a theologian, I had to understand a long time ago, there are the essentials and then there are the non-essentials. In this hand is a closed hand. In this hand, it's an open hand. On the essentials, I cannot agree with, uh, disagree with that and walk with you in peace. We must separate our paths. You disagree about the God of the Bible, the Trinity, Jesus, salvation. I can't work with you as a brother or a sister. We are from a different faith. But if we share those things, but over here, we disagree about whether or not women can be in the ministry, which I'm so glad here we do. We let women preach. Or we disagree about whether or not the gifts of the spirit are for you. Have you ever noticed that Moody Radio is always lacking a little bit of, uh, you know, a spizorinctum, some pizzazz? It's because they don't believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But do I still love Moody? Yes. Are you listening? Open-handed issues, close handed What's well, the same thing with our culture? What are those closed-handed things? Everybody look up at me, please. Remember, I love you. What are the closed-handed things? You don't hurt somebody, no matter who they are. You don't treat an illegal immigrant like a second-class citizen. You don't beat up people because of the color of their skin just because you have a badge. Hello, are you listening to me? You do what's right. And at the same time, you defend the innocent, Okay, That's what I'm talking about. Over here, Black Lives Matter movement, people are going to agree to disagree. White privilege, agree to disagree. Every video you put up on my page or want me to look at, agree to disagree. Show me true murder, I'll agree every time. Show me true racism, I'll agree every time. That's because God brings about the peace. God is over all, through all, and in all. Come on, somebody say amen. Everybody say one blood. You know that we all have the same blood. Maybe we might have different versions of it, you know what I'm saying? But we all come from the Adam and Eve race. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Look at this, and this is where it's going to get real good in just a moment. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in heavenly realms with how many spiritual blessings? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy in what? Blameless in his sight in what? In love, he predestined us for the adoption of sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will, for the praise of his glorious grace. It's so amazing, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now look at this. In him, we have what? Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Watch me. I don't just mean we have one blood of humanity. We have one blood of divinity. I want you all to get this. Get this. I want everybody to get this. If my brother doesn't repent, he's going to hell. But my brothers here will be with me forever in eternity. If my sister doesn't repent, she is going to hell. But there are sisters here that will be with me for all of eternity. Some of the people that impacted me the most were people of color. Sister Joanne Miller of SUM Bible College was from Guyana. She was a little girl when she got saved in that. Caribbean part of Latin America. She started preaching and teaching, going to church. She became a woman pastor, won many to the Lord. When I joined SUM Bible College and she would speak, tears would come running down my eyes because of the power that she would have in her life. She deeply impacted me. My spiritual father is of Latino origin, Brother Anthony Freeman. And when my wife sees me around these people, she is deeply moved for how I become like a child. When I saw Sister Joanne Miller at the Mardi Gras outreach for SUM a couple years ago, years ago i literally could not stop crying because of how much joy she brought to my heart that latino man that i mentioned to you brother anthony was the man on the phone that when our church was just a home bible study and we were overcoming difficulties he said you keep preaching and teaching because of a latino man this church is still here because of an african woman living in the afro latino woman i am the kind of man i am today are you listening but that's not because of the blood of humanity because my own blood didn't give a rip about what I did. My own brother did not, my own brother has never even showed up here. My sister hardly ever even comes here. You brought your family. Hello, I still am praying for mine. But there, are, there is blood running through me right now with Sister Joanne Miller because it's the blood of Jesus. We are brothers and sisters. We are kindred. Are you listening to me? Brother Anthony's blood is in my veins today because it's the blood of Jesus. I was born first in a fallen race, but I was born again in a divine race of sons and daughters of God. Amen. How many are ready for the closing Are hungry now? They have one love. Everybody say one love. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at it here, and this is going to blow your mind. This is where I need you to be right now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Look around this church right now, please. Look at all the young people. This is why we preach like this. Young people love this kind of preaching. Look at this Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of, everybody look up at me, please. Listen to this. Get rid of all rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Now you know why I'm gray about Black Lives Matter movement? Rage, bitterness, anger, brawling. Don't want nothing to do with it. You know why I'm mad at Donald Trump rallies? Rage, anger, brawling. Listen, I'm going to give you some clear examples. Clear examples. Man in a cowboy hat at a Trump uh, rally, sucker punch a black person. Bitterness, rage. Anger, my friends, you have no place in the kingdom of God. Are you listening to me? Black man sniping cops, bitterness, rage, anger. Be kind and compassionate to one another. You want to leave this church? God bless you as you go. Tell me the one you went to, and I want to get to know that, Pastor, because I guarantee you this, they will not have more races than this here today and be more compassionate. Why? Because I care, I listen, I hear, I change. I don't think I'm always right. That's why these young men are here today. You want to go to another echo chamber, I'll tell you what you'll find is racism cloaked behind the pulpit. I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm just tired of hearing the same thing from the Puerto Rican worldly man that I hear from the Puerto Rican pastor and the white man that's in sin and the white pastor and the black man in sin and the black pastor. We should be different than the sound and the echo of a sinful world. We shouldn't sound like our culture. I remember sitting down with white people from uh Chalmette, Louisiana, right across the lake from New Orleans, worked as a fireman, one of the racist men I've ever met in my whole life. I said, man, I never knew it was still this bad. One of my professors in Bible college used to get served at the side of a building because he couldn't come into the restaurant, and that man passed away a while back, Pastor Sutherland. i was worked for him as a youth pastor for a while. Y'all don't know me. Listen to me. But I sat down with these white people. I heard more vile racism come out of their mouth. And I literally thought to myself right now, I I thought this to myself. I said, This is why there's a hell. This is why there's a hell. But you better listen to me right now. I hear that same stuff from African American rap music right now. I hear the anger, I hear the bitterness. I hear how upset they are, and I am want to tell you something. They are going to lead a generation to hell because they can be right about the justice issue but be wrong in their heart. And so I tell young African-American men or men of color or different culture than me, listen to me. You want to be right. You want to be another civil rights worker. You want to fight against social injustice. I am with you, brother. I am with you. Just don't do it with bitterness. Don't do it with for an eye for an eye. Don't do it out of anger and brawling. Be kind. Be compassionate. Forgive each other. Why? Because Jesus, because Christ Through God forgave you. It's Christ in God forgave you. Listen, why do I forgive my enemies? Because Jesus forgave me when I was his enemy. You watch those videos, you get the same feeling I get, don't you? You get angry, you get upset. I know what you're feeling. I may not know it like you know, but I get angry. I get angry, I get upset, I look at the innocent, get hurt. But I can tell you what, man, that hurt will be a poison to you if it turns into bitterness. That hurt will destroy your soul. Do like what Jesus did. Be kind and compassionate and forgive. Follow God's example. Somebody say God's example. I'm not following Spike Lee's example. I'm not following Donald Trump's example. Whose example am I following? God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Yes, it may get worse before it gets better, but are you willing to sacrifice like how Jesus did? And so among you, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality, no kind of impurity, no kind of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity. You're sharing with me these videos from white and black perspectives, and they're cursing? Don't send it to me. They're both foolish to me. Foolish talk, coarse jesting, which is out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Now, everybody watch me. Look at me, please, because I know some of you, wish I would have let you go home already, and that's okay. We went through too much this week for me to preach some little short, little, simple message. You know you got to hear the word today, and and the word takes time. Look at this. Now, this you can be sure. Everybody, look at me, please. Whether you believe me or not, let's just read what it says. This you can be sure of. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. They're greedy. They're not getting in. They're not getting in. They're immoral. They lie, steal, cheat. They're impure, they're perverse. They're an idolatry. Remember we talked about making a Jesus in the image of your culture? No inheritance. Now watch what he says here. I want everybody to see this, please. This is my closing. Brandon, come quickly. Let's go. Come on. Look at verse six, please. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Oh, it don't matter if they cuss all the time. They're just angry. Oh, it don't matter if some of them are messed up and are inciting violence. Oh, the mo- the, most of them are good. Oh, it, it, it don't matter if I post this online and it's really terrible and are going to cause division between my brothers and sisters. No, I'm just going to do it because I got to get it out there. Listen to me. Don't you let people deceive you with empty words. You're doing stuff on social media out of bitterness, you're saying stuff around tables out of anger because of this. This and such things like it is why God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. And so hear it like this today. Do not be partners with them. You know what the crazy thing is? The devil got all these people fighting against each other. And the one thing they have in common that they don't know is they're all doing the devil's work. The same corrupt cop got the devil in him just like the corrupt gangbanger. Same devil. Are you listening to me? The same devil that has a parent molest and hurt their child is the same child, is the same devil that has that child grow up and to hurt others. Let us go beyond the ways of this world. We do not fight against flesh and blood. You want to bring down oppression in the land? Go back to Martin Luther King Jr. Go back to the peaceful protesters of our past. Understand what it's like to stand on righteousness and bring forth a change, even if you suffer in the meantime. I watched the movie about Martin Luther King Jr. What was the name of that movie? Salma? And tears were running down my eyes watching Salma as they came up over that bridge. I wanted them to fight. I wanted them to pull out weapons, but it was a greater form of love and more Christ-likeness for them to say, we will forgive, but we will not stand for it. We will forgive, but we won't stand. And there came a time where the righteousness overcame the wickedness. I'm not going to promote any other way than that. My Jesus told me to turn the other cheek. My Jesus told me, if they ask you to go one mile, go with them too. And so now you have a choice to make, saints. Come on, somebody say, God, help us. You came, you heard it, didn't you? I just want to ask you this question. We may not agree on everything, but what would the world be like today if everyone was righteous and received God's cure, Jesus Christ? What would it be like today if you said it's one God, one faith, one blood, one love, and I'm building my life on this foundation and the pillars are being the just society of my family, of my job, what would it be like? Well, can I ask someone to come up here and show us? Would you put this to the side for me? Or as a matter of fact, bring this back for me. Good, sir. Thank you. And then, young man, would you put this to the side? Yes, sir. Thank you. Can you move that right over there? Thank you. Tony, would you come up here, please? Let's give a hand clap as Tony comes. One of the most muscular, giant Filipino men I have ever met in my life. I want to ask Jose to come on up. Let's give it up for Jose as he comes. Come on, Jose. One of the most awesome Latino men that I know. I'm going to ask that David Gomez would come up here. One of the most awesome Afro Latino men that I know. Come on up. Give it up for David as he comes. What does it look like? I'm going to ask that Ricky Rivera would come up, have Dominican Republic and Puerto Rican to come representing the Latino Islands. Come on up. Give it up for him as he comes. I would like to call up Augustine representing the Raza of the Mexicanos. Come on up, Augustine. I used to pick him up from high school in his ROTC uniform. Come on that side, sir. Come on that side. By the way, he's Cuban and Colombian, Cuban and Mexican. And then I want to call up Brian to represent another gringo up here from a different European race. Come on up. Come stand on this side right here. What do I think it looks like? Looks something like this. You see, we all can disagree on certain things, but we've decided we're going to agree upon the main things. And so what we're going to do is show this culture what it looks like when white and black come together. We're going to show what it looks like when Asians and whites come together. Some of y'all don't even remember the stereotype. They will tell you and their parents the stereotypes Asians had to go through when they lived in this country. Latinos of different nationalities that we can show the world what it looks like. Let's lock arms. Somebody get a good picture of this, Christina. Come on. Will, you want to join us up or you look lonely? Come on, get up on there on the other side of Augustine just because you look so good. Give it up for my man, Will. Come on, take it. Yeah, Come in the middle. going to stand there. You stand there. Christina, come up and get a picture because I want to show the world what it looks like. Come on, somebody say, the church. next time.